This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. This episode is also brought to you by myself. If you haven't already heard, I've been working on a passion project called Cardfolio. It's going to be an app that'll let you scan your cards onto your phone and add them to your virtual binder. Your virtual binder allows you to keep track of not only what you own, but you'll also be able to keep track of what you need. Are you chasing a shadowless master set? If so, Cardfolio will be able to help you keep track of your progress towards your goal so that it makes it easier to achieve it. Cardfolio doesn't just catalog your collection and manage your collecting goals, it will also allow you to see your collection like an actual investment portfolio. This means you'll be able to see how much your collection is worth, how that value has changed over time, and how your collection value breaks down by item type. For example, how much do you have in raw cards versus slab cards versus sealed items? If all of this sounds like an app you would like to download, then join my early access waiting list. I'll keep you updated with app progress, mockups, and when it's available, early beta access. So it'll be fun and it'll be great. The link for the early access waiting list will be in the description below. So go ahead and sign up if that's something that you're interested in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to season three of the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we apply financial and investing principles to our favorite hobby collectibles like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, comic books, Fortnite cards, you name it, we talk about it all. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Jess. So let's get started with collecting things that we love like damn adults. Here's today's episode. It's your girl, your host, Jess, from Geeked Out Collecting, and I'm not gonna lie, alright, this is literally my third take for this episode, so I hope it actually works and records and does the thing this time, um, but I guess it's good, because I've had time to practice this episode, I guess, and hopefully this is the best version of it. So anyways, today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a segmented episode. Um, I asked for some feedback on from you guys on what you wanted to see more of, what you liked and what you wanted to see more of. So there are a few, um, there's some feedback that I took into consideration. I was like, hey, okay, let's do it. So today is a result of that feedback. So Three segments today. First, I want to talk about current events right now um, in the world of collecting things. Uh, then I want to talk about uh, a new TCG. Well, it, it's newer, but uh, I, I, I kind of talk about it sometimes. I don't talk about it too much. But, I, you know, I just want to talk about a new TCG that doesn't get enough love, I think. Um, and then the third segment is I will talk about what I've been buying. So, anyways... Uh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to be bringing up a lot of cool things that, well, I find interesting. So I hope that means you may find it interesting as well. So 
Um, anyways, the first segment, current events, celebrations. That's been on everyone's feed. It looks like um, everyone is having a really, really fun time with it, right? Um, everyone seems to be really enjoying the sets, really enjoying the cards. The reprints look cool. Um, the gold cards look cool. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of product out there right now for celebrations. And literally, okay, so today's the 23rd. Um, literally yesterday, the second lot of celebrations came out. Um, so we're still seeing people, you know, open up packs, pull their chase cards. That's really awesome. Very fun. I haven't bought any celebrations. Um, I think I might come to regret that just because it seems like the products are really cool. Um, you know, but neither here nor there. I've been buying everything. So money was too tied up in other stuff to spend on celebrations, but I've been living vicariously through everyone, right? Really enjoying people opening up packs and buying the things that they are, you know, getting their chase cards and stuff like that. So uh, for the most part, everything seems pretty awesome. Um, what I do wonder is, you know, because we're in this like honeymoon phase of celebrations where everyone is just love, 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 right? Uh, I'm really curious to see what unfolds in terms of opinion over the next few weeks, the next few months is celebrations as awesome as everyone's saying. So anyways, curious to see um, if opinions change on celebrations. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, we still have a lot to look forward to just in general when it comes to Pokemon through the end of this year, right? So as far as the release schedule goes, you know, again, we just had a second lot of celebrations come out yesterday. So we'll continue to see more of that. You know, we got the collector's chest, the ultra premium collection, the Pikachu uh, VMAX premium, the Pikachu V union, all that stuff. Very, very awesome. Um, so, so that'll be cool. Uh, we still have something coming out next Friday. October 29th uh, for Pokemon. So we have the Fusion Strike pre-releases coming out. That'll be really interesting to see. Um, packaging looks really cool. I don't know. I haven't really explored the cards much, um, but you know, I think the Fusion Strike set could be really cool. The actual set doesn't come out until November 12th. So be on the lookout for that for pre-orders. I think I want to get the Mew ETB, but it looks really cool. It's just cute. I like it. I want it. Um, cool. So then other than that, December 3rd, we have the Flareon, Jolteon, Vaporeon, VMAX um, thingamabobbers come out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of alternate arts in there. So I think, you know, for my Eevee fans, um, I think you guys might really enjoy that. It, it looks like it'd be really enjoyable. I might get the Flareon and the Jolteon. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for pre-orders for that as well. Um, we did get another announcement for next year, um, March 25th for the Sword and Shield 9. So that's going to be the next main set coming out. Uh, not much information out yet. A lot of things can change from now until then. We'll see if that release date still holds, but hopefully we'll get more information on the sets themselves. Um, so yeah, that might be really cool. Uh, who knows what will happen. Um, so that's so far for the release schedule for Pokemon. Um, one thing I did want to bring up as well in terms of current events is Fortnite. So... Series 3 was supposed to have already been out. It is not, obviously. Um, it's been pushed back to November. So be on the lookout for that. What I'm going to do is on this episode, I'm going to put a link to the hobby box for Panini to buy online. Um, I don't know if there's going to be more Series 3 product that's going to be available to buy directly from Panini's website, but right now we're seeing the hobby box. Um, so that'll be really cool. Um, no specific day. 
But um, what I'm really hoping with series three is that we see true accessibility with it. So like, I actually want to see it in Target and Walmart and all those places because I didn't see that with series two. It was actually kind of tough for me to get series two boxes. I, I, I didn't get any of the mega boxes on release. I got a few of the smaller blaster boxes and I got some of the hobby boxes, which is cool. Um, so I was able to get that. I'm definitely not complaining. Um, but I wish I was able to get a mega box or two. So I'm hoping that, um, more product is going to be available for series three, because I really want to make sure that it gets into the hands of kids and, and people and gamers that want to actually enjoy the cards. So, um, you know, considering the fact that in the secondary market, a lot of series one and series two cards, you know, a lot of people are priced out. They don't want to, they don't want to spend that money or, or they don't have it. You know, the average collector isn't going to have the money to buy, you know, the top 15% of cards from those sets or at least series one, you know, when we're talking about those crystal shirts, fuck, um, those prices are definitely up there, especially for the U S prints. Um, so, but anyways, you know, again, what I'm really hoping is that series three, um, really is, is, is really accessible to people. I, I want more people to have access to the cards, um, because then we can get a real good picture of, okay, you know, is this card, are, are these cards a fad or not? Do people actually care about these cards or not? And I know that there's a lot of us out there that already have really strong opinions on Fortnite. And I mean, you know, Fortnite is such a huge game in itself. It's 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 kind of hard, you know, at least in my opinion, to not see people gravitate to the cards um, just because cards are so popular in general. I mean, you know, 100 plus years of baseball cards, I, you know, that really goes to show that cards are, are an enjoyable thing to, to collect and whatnot. Um, but, you know, of course, nothing is guaranteed. So, you know, I, I know where I'm placing my bets, but what I what I do hope that Panini does to grow the cards in general, you know, because this is going to be one of their bigger franchises that they have, right? Um, you know, since they lost or, you know, will be lost the renewal to the contract for their a lot of their sports cards. Um, so with that said, I really hope that these next sets are big, are huge in terms of their print runs, you know, like so people can can you know, see the cards at reasonable prices. Average collectors can see these cards at reasonable prices and make up their own mind on whether or not they like them, right? That, that's what I want. And that's what I want to see. I want to see, I want to see that. And I want to see how people react. So anyways, um, a lot to be expected from series three, right? So they, um, if you haven't seen my post already on Instagram with more information that's come from Panini on the series three, go ahead and check it out. But I'm going to give you some brief information here. Um, they said that they're going to debut a double-sided wrap card. Don't know what the fuck that means. Um, from what I've talked with, uh, you know, people who collect the sports cards in the Panini realm, they don't know what that means. So that'll be really cool to see what comes from that. Um, interesting chase card, you know, they might treat that like the crystal shard where it's only available in particular products, like for example, a mega box. So anyways, there's that. Or if it's something that's pullable, like a, you know, the optochrome or the, or the hollow foil. Um, but we should expect to see the hollow foil, the crystal shard, the optochrome, and obviously the base. So that'll be cool to see. Um, they do also have cards from their frozen 
their Frozen set coming out. So pretty much just Frozen versions of those skins or snapshots that we've already seen, like Nogops. I have a list of the possible cards that you'll see, so, so go ahead and check that out on Instagram. Because um, I don't remember them off the top of my head. Um, let's see, what, what else to talk about about Series 3? Uh, of course, with this set, this is going to be the first set where we see some reprints. Or reprints, but they're really more just redes- Well, I guess it's the same thing. A reprint print slash redesign of a skin. So, so there are some skins that we will see maybe from Series 1, maybe from Series 2 that we'll see again in Series 3. But there's going to be a distinction between them, so that's really nice. Um, and, and that'll be really cool because if you have the series one or the series two version, you know, why wouldn't you want the series three? Unless it looks like shit, but I doubt it's going to look like shit. So anyways, um, that'll be cool, uh, uh to see which cards they pick. Because that, that's one thing that I've always found really interesting. You know, what, uh, you know, what do they look for when it comes to, um, outfits or skins that they decide to print and not to print? You know, it definitely seems that they obviously choose popular skins right? So popular skins in the game. And then also uh, skins that play pivotal roles in the story itself. So, so, but it'll be interesting to see what they come out with. You know, obviously we know a few of the skins that are going to be available um, because it says on the box, right? So, so like Midas, that's going to be a big one. Um, you know, and I have a list of other ones that are on uh, my Instagram account. So I would go ahead and check those out too. But I think the card to look out for for this set is going to be Midas, right? Very, very popular skin in the game. Um, very cool skin. I mean, a cool looking skin. Honestly, it's dope, right? Uh, th there's obviously other cards on the hobby box itself that are listed on there. So go to my Instagram account. Uh, if you haven't already, and check that out for a full list. Um, but there's some cool skins to keep an eye out for. Um, so so once it actually drops, once the set actually drops, and I can get my hands on cards and I can look at the checklist, you know, I'm gonna be doing some research and figuring out, okay, what I what cards I think will be the big ones, what what I don't think will be big ones, um, what to kind of look out for. So I'll hopefully have more information on that soon. Um, yeah. So anyways, I think that's all I had to say about series the series three cards. So moving on to the next segment, next segment, um, different TCGs, right? This segment, I wanted to talk about flesh and blood because this is something that I've kind of talked about briefly before, but not really in depth. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that I can get more information out there for people who, you know, I'd be curious about flesh and blood. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give some high level information on the game. Um, along with some feedback and criticism um, that, you know, have kind of surrounded the game so that, you know, hopefully I can give you some information that is re reliable um, and that you're able to kind of, you know, get, you know, come up with your own opinions from. So anyways, um, Flesh and Blood, what is it? What the fuck is it? Um, it is a hero-centric fantasy card game. So uh, what's really cool is the reason why it's actually called Flesh and Blood is because the designers wanted to um, build a game that was designed specifically to be played in person. So in Flesh and Blood, I, I think I think part of the reason why they wanted to make this hard pivot to in person was because of, um, you know, the digital focus that there's been to playing games like Magic the Gathering and stuff, um, because you know this is definitely... This, this game seems to be a game that is very much 
loved by Magic the Gathering players um, for, for a few different reasons that we can get into a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so they, they wanted to focus in on, you know, an in-person game, in-person played game. So um, as far as the sets go themselves, you know, this, uh, this game came out in 2020. So, but they've already had five different sets. So welcome to Wraith, Arcane Rising, Crucible of War, Monarch, and the most recent set, Tales of Aria. So um, booster boxes, right? There's two varieties. You can get the first edition booster box, box or the unlimited version. And now differences between them, um, obviously pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it kind of runs very similar to what Watsy did with first edition and second edition Pokemon cards, right? So first edition is going to be a limited printed um, edition and unlimited is, you know, print to demand. Um, what's really cool that what they're doing with this game specifically that we haven't seen with Magic the Gathering or Pokemon is when it comes to the unlimited boxes, they're continuing to print and produce sets um, so that, you know, over the years, players and collectors continuously have access to these cards, right? Because, uh, you know, what they're not doing is they're not making like one or two or three huge print runs and then that's it. It's just going to continuously be available so that you can continuously buy, you know, a $4 pack um, years from now for these older sets, right? Um, if Magic Gathering did this with, with their sets, I mean, you know, older, like being able to get older sets would be pretty awesome for that. It, it would it could really change how collectors connect with the game but you know anyways so so they're making a really big commitment to making the unlimited boxes available um but of course the first editions it's got limited printed print runs uh and then they also have the special treatment cards right so unlimited you can get all of the game pieces it's not restricted from that perspective um but the restriction comes when you get the special versions the special treatments of those game pieces essentially so you know the rainbow foils the cold foils the special borders the special art all that stuff you have to get from the first edition boxes and if you've paid any attention to flesh and blood first edition boxes are pretty expensive um you know some like uh monarch for example a newer set um you know you're looking at a few hundred dollars a box and then when you compare that to some of the welcome to wraith and arcane rising you're looking at a few thousand so Anyways, makes sense. Shorter print runs, special cards, makes sense. Um, so obviously, you know, the other thing to talk about too is an actual, it's an actual game, obviously. It's an actual deck building trading card game with a unique style and special features. It's a very complex game to play and can be really fun for Magic players. And it seems so far from the feedback of actual players is that it's legitimately fun, right? So if you want... If you, if you want to play that kind of complicated game, this is definitely for you. Um, if you play games that are not quite as complex as Magic the Gathering, yeah, this might not be for you. But, you know, again, it's accessible to at least dabble, right? You're not going to be spending an arm and a leg to build a deck. So that's really good, right? Very, very good. Um, and and, and so, so what I want to pivot to is specifically into cost and access because, uh, you know, a big criticism is that it's not accessible and it is expensive to build decks and honestly those criticisms are 
true, but honestly made in bad faith because what they don't do is they don't deliver the full picture of, of the actual game itself, which is, again, yes, if you wanted to build your decks with special treatment cards, only found in first edition boxes, you're going to pay a fucking arm and a leg to build a deck, right? True. But you don't have to do that with special treatment cards. You can just buy the unlimited and just make your card, make your decks out of the, the base versions of those cards and you are fine, right? It's 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 just really silly when people um, criticize it, you know, in that way, because again, they're not being truthful to the bigger picture of the game, right? Um, one thing that is true, though, is that initially when it did come out, um, because it did come out during COVID times, uh, there was legitimate supply chain issues. Um, so it was really hard initially to get boxes, even the unlimited, but that is not the case now. So um, with that said, you know, it's accessible, plain and simple. Now, as far as the secondary market goes, there are people that, <laughs> there are rumors around, you know, greedy investors manipulating the market. You know, I know Rudy from Alpha Investments has been targeted as one of those people. I personally don't think that of him personally. I mean, I'm a patron of Rudy. I've watched his content. I participate in some of his Friday night special sales. I've learned a lot from him and I really just don't think that's the case personally. He he seems, you know, genuine to me, um, which is why, you know, I've stayed with him for so long, um, you know, but but with that said, that doesn't mean that there aren't other nefarious actors out there. Um, I've heard of like, like secret forums with, you know, whales and flesh and blood, just kind of like, you know, controlling the market, like puppeteer. And, you know, that might be the case. I don't actually know that to be true. If it does prove to be true, I'm not surprised. I mean, cause come on, what the fuck isn't manipulated out there? So if you're trying to approach flesh and blood from an investment perspective, Approach it like you would anything else, right? Which is you have a thorough understanding of the market. You're doing research. You know, you're making sure that you're buying in at an entry point that makes sense for your situation, your financial situation, but also that, you know, makes sense in the market too, that you're not overpaying for cards. What we don't know is we don't know the long-term value for these things. So me personally, like... We definitely don't know how long this game will last. Um, there are some people like Rudy that very much think that this card game will last. Some of us are not so sure, and 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 that's fine. You know, it's it's fine to sit on either side because this is really just a speculation game from that perspective. So, you know, if you want to play that game where you know you don't mind. Uh, taking a risk and, and potentially seeing high reward for that risk, you know, just make sure you do your research and you watch your entry points. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I have not been doing that um, because I just don't know yet how much I like this. Like I said, you know, uh, no, I actually didn't say this uh, yet, but, you know, for full transparency, I do have boxes. I, I have been buying, you know, welcome to to Arcane, um, sorry, welcome to Wraith and Arcane Rising, but those are unlimited boxes, and, and, you know, if you've been listening closely so far, they should not sound like an investment buys for you, because again, the manufacturer is making the unlimited versions of those boxes, boxes accessible for years, right, so they are not investment boxes, by no means, like, you're buying those boxes to open them, 
learn the cards, experience them, build decks if you want, and and that's it, right? Um, but if there was an investable side of it, it would be the first editions, right? That that makes sense. Whether or not those first edition prices will hold, I have no fucking idea. No idea whatsoever. Because again, I don't know how popular this game will stand. But there are a few factors to consider in that that I'll talk about a little bit in the future uh, with this. So if you wanted to buy some boxes, getting into it, right? Um, you know, again, go for the unlimited boxes. You can buy those. Um, if you've never built a deck before and you don't know what the fuck is going on with any of this, you can always buy those pre-build blitz decks. So you could just take it and run. Literally, it's just pre-built. You don't have to think about it, and then you can literally learn to play the game today. So you have options uh, from that perspective. Um, so, you know, going back to um, whether or not Flesh and Blood is a fad, right? Uh, it's, it's a hard question to really answer, um, especially because we're in the middle of a few things that could show whether or not it truly is a fad. Um, you know, how strong the, you know, it can indicate how strong the player base is. Um, but, but a few things to know that are definitely facts is the parent company, Legend Story Studios. They are putting a lot of resources into holding and promoting competitive circuit pro events, which is very cool, right? Because that says that they're investing in their player base. They want to have a strong player base. They want it to be popular and to be taken seriously, right? So they're committed to this in-person gameplay. Um, and, 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 and one way that they need to do that is to support professional play, which is really exciting to see, right? Because part of the reason why Flesh and Blood has been quote-unquote stealing Magic the Gathering players is because Hasbro and Watsy kind of just like stopped supporting the players. They abandoned the competitive market from what other players have criticized. That's been a common criticism uh, to Magic the Gathering, uh, for, you know, in that, in that respect. So, so essentially what Flesh and Blood is trying to do is they're trying to commit to bringing that back, making that available for people. And and one common thing to see is with these competitive events is you don't just see flesh and blood players, you also do see, you know, some Magic the Gathering pickup games too. Um, during the event, you know, little side events uh, for these competitive plays. So anyways, um, so they're committed to supporting that. Um, right now, we actually have of a have a few events that have happened and a few events that are, you know, one event that's going on right now and one that's going to go on um, in the future that can help indicate how strong the player base actually is. Um, so, you know, they did a, they did a, they did a competition in Las Vegas in September. They did one in the DFW area, Dallas, Fort Worth in October 15th and the 17th. So I guess that was last week. They're doing one right now in Cincinnati and they're going to be doing one in Orlando November 5th through the 7th. So, so far, the turnout has been pretty great. And, you know, there's some people that say if COVID wasn't a factor, there, there, there could have been bigger turnouts. So we'll see come next year uh, that, you know, they can, they do have some events that they're planning for next year. And they're making some commitments here in the U.S. at least for events. So we'll see how that goes as well to, you know, continuously be kind of an indicator of 
uh, popularity, strength of the game, strength of the player base. But it does seem to be pretty strong so far from what people have been saying. I haven't gone to any of these events, so I don't actually know um, from firsthand experience. But seeing video of a few creators on YouTube and just looking at the vast like amount of tables and people just playing... Um, it seemed pretty cool. Uh, one thing that was kind of sad to see, though, is, like, literally it was a sausage fest. Um, <laughs> like, where are the girl gamers? Anyways, um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll continue, continue to see it unfold. So, so, to kind of wrap up Flesh and Blood, what we don't know is how popular this game will be in the future, right? In the short term and the long term future. Um, you know, and that will play into, you know, how much you want to invest in the game from a player perspective and then how much you want to invest in the game from a collecting, collecting expect, uh, perspective. So there's that. Um, but what I can tell you definitively is right now it's fun to play. It's accessible. And the mother company is making a commitment to building a really strong player base with their competitive markets. So we will see competitive markets. Listen to me. They're competitive circuits. So we'll see how things continue to progress. Um, I mean, you know, I don't think this game has one year left. I think it has more than one year. Um, but, you know, as as I become more familiar with it, uh, you know, I, I can give a more, like, in my opinion, it's going to last five years or da, da 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 I don't have that opinion right now, but I'm, I'm hoping to become more familiar. So um, anyways, there's that. If you have flesh and blood if you play flesh and blood hit me up because i want to know your opinion do you like it do you don't like it um do you like the gameplay uh what kind of decks that you build you know what kind of strategy do you go with i want to know you know are you active in your local circuits uh have you gone to a competitive match or uh you know competitive event i want to know so hit me up let me know um yeah so so that's that about flesh and blood um, going on to the final segment for today, what I want to talk about is the things that I've been buying. Um, so obviously the answer to that question, what I've been buying is I've been buying everything. It's always everything. And that's my problem. But um, there are uh, two things in particular that I want to talk about um, that I think are pretty cool um, that I want to talk about. Anyways, <laughs> so okay. Um, the first thing that I wanted to bring up that I've been buying is I just actually bought my first... Dragon Ball Super card game, um, cards, right? So I bought the Supreme, uh, what is it? The Supreme Showdown Vegeta and the Supreme Showdown Sun Goku. Um, they're really cool cards. You put them together and it makes one big art and I love it. It's awesome. These are the, the super rare battle cards. Um, I love the texture. I love the hollow that looks so cool. I've always been really impressed with Bandai's cards. Like I, I've said that before with the Dragon Ball cards in general, they just look fucking dope. So it was suggested to me by a friend of mine to grab those. I grabbed them. I don't know anything else beyond that really. Like what sets they're from, you know, what, what are the hottest cards from these sets? If you were just to collect, what are the hottest cards to get? No idea. I don't know, but I will, I, I'm learning. I will learn. I have a commitment to learn. So hopefully I'll have some more information on that. And there are actually a few people that I want to bring on so that we can kind of talk about Dragon, uh, Dragon Ball. Um, you know, for full transparency, though, I never watched the Dragon Ball Super Show. <laughs> I only watched the original, right? Um, I only got up to like a little bit into the Cell Saga. 
Uh, so I really haven't finished it, but I need to. It's been a minute, but I need to, right? So anyways, don't yell at me if I haven't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the next thing that I wanted to bring up that I've been buying are the Fortnite sticker cards. Um, the main reason why I've been buying them is not because like, oh my God, they're awesome in my opinion. Um, but I wanted to buy them just so I could learn a little bit more because I was looking at the secondary market and some of these cards or some of these stickers are going for like, you know, like, they've been going for a lot, <laughs> like a few hundred dollars, right, for some of these graded stickers. And so I'm like, uh, let me learn more. Because one thing that I found really confusing with the stickers is, you know, I'm just on Panini's website and I'm looking at like whatever Fortnite stuff you can buy. And I can buy Fortnite stickers online. There's actually two listings for Panini stickers. There's a listing where you can buy a sticker album, which right now looks like it's the full set for 65 bucks. I bought it. I haven't opened it yet. I want to do a live just so that you guys can see that. I'm assuming it will have it, it will um it will have all of those cards. Um, uh, but I don't know yet. I could be proven wrong. So, anyways, um, so I bought that. Um, and then also there's another listing for missing cards. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. So long story short, it's a list of all of the stickers, right? The numbers. It doesn't tell you the names though. It doesn't tell you the skins, which you got to like figure out. I had to look on eBay <laughs> just to figure out like what skin was what number. Um, but yeah, so you can buy the individual stickers. If you're missing some, if you don't have the full set and you want to get specific ones, you can literally do that on the website. So I'm like, why are the, so, so in my head, I'm like, okay, I see these stickers, you can buy them directly from Panini. And then I see the secondary market. I'm like, why the fuck is this happening? Why are they, the st individual stickers are 80 cents. You can get the full set, presumably from the sticker album for 65 bucks. Why am I going on eBay and spending these, th this extra money on these stickers? So, so I asked myself that question. I'm like, okay, let me just buy it and figure it out. So um, what I've learned, I've learned a few things. You know, obviously with the stickers, there's a series one and series two. So series one came out in 2019. Series two came out in 2020. Um, the series one have the silver border, like a silver shiny border, or some of them have like a white border. I don't know why, but that's just how it, what I've seen so far. Um, series two, uh, those stickers look like they only have a black border but I haven't seen all of the stickers so I don't know that to be true but for the most part I have seen only series two have the black border so that's one difference uh, you can obviously also look at the backs too the backs are pretty um different in terms of the design and they also put the year that it was printed so in the numbers like the checklists aren't the same uh so for example if you wanted to get a black knight from the series one that's card or sticker 87 but if you wanted to get it from the series two which showed up in both i think that one is 37 but I, I could be wrong on that i'm trying to work from memory so so you know the sad thing is that i haven't really seen full checklists for both series right now so what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to <clears throat> build a checklist of the of the skin so you know this number is this this number is this this number is this so that it hopefully makes it easier for people who are trying to to buy the stickers so so anyways yeah series one is available to purchase on panini's website like right now um 
If everyone went on there and bought stickers, will it sell out? I have no idea. What I don't know is if these are like infinite print stickers um, and then they just keep on printing and printing and printing. I don't know that to be the case. But what I find really curious is that Series 2 isn't available on Panini's website. So um, I don't. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that you can't buy it from distributors anymore or, you know, the market anymore? You know, was it, was it, was there a lower print run? Um, I, I, the only place I've seen so far to buy series two is on eBay, but I need to do more research, um, to see if you can buy, you know, sealed product elsewhere, like, you know, actual distributors. Anyways, um, so I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, so if you are really into the stickers and you know, just like, let me know, because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to just provide people with information before they go down the deep end on, on some of these stickers. Cause, cause you know, that's always been the thing with Fortnite is there's just been scattered information. And so I'm hoping to centralize reliable information on Fortnite in one place. Um, so, so if you have information on the stickers, um, you know, the series two stickers, especially because that's the least information that I have. Um, I'd love to pick your brain. So um, if you reach out, thank you in advance. So anyways, um, let me see. I'm trying to think of what else that might be useful. Um, so, you know, what I do want to do is sometime next week, I'm going to be doing an unboxing with that. I want people to see because I, I want to see shit. Uh, I want to see what's, what's in here. I want to see if this is truly all the stickers. Um, because if that's the case, then series one, you can get a fucking master set in one go. So, um, I, I don't want you guys to be overspending on the secondary market, um, when it comes to series one, at least. Uh, the only things that I think might be like, maybe worth the money is the graded version of the stickers. The reason why I say that is because looking at the individual stickers that I bought, um, there's a lot of print lines on here. So the surface is shit. And I, you know, anyways, the surface is shit. The corners are also really delicate too. So I can see those being tough to grade. The edges look really good though. Um, and the centering looks pretty good. I really don't see any um the centering like like slight variations but look mostly good right mostly nines i would say um i've seen a few grading companies grade the stickers so obviously psa i think beckett and i think also sgc um so it, it might make sense it, it might be really rare to have a gen mint uh, sticker so you know, if you're if you're chasing that, if you're a gem mint collector, I would say probably do that. But I mean, you could also take your chances with actually buying the individual stickers themselves. So um, there's that, you know, something to weigh when you're making your considerations. So anyways, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I have for you today. Uh, the one thing that I do want to kind of announce quickly um, before we go. First off, if you've made it this far, thank you. Love you. Appreciate you. Um, but since we've been talking about flesh and blood and stuff like that through this episode, and I have about six or so boxes of flesh and blood, you know, I want to spend some time doing some unboxing, um, you know, opening up packs because I want to start building a deck myself. Um, but what I'm also thinking about doing, and let me know how you guys feel about it, but thinking about just doing a giveaway. 
you know, flesh and blood giveaway. I mean, these are unlimited boxes. So, you know, again, it, it's not really an investable piece of, of this hobby, but just something cool to expose yourself to. I mean, shit, save yourself 60 bucks from buying a booster. Um, so if you guys are interested in me doing that, you, you want it, uh, just let me know and, and we'll do it. We'll do a giveaway. So, um, but other than that, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you guys. I know I've given you a lot of work to do for the people that know things more than I do. Uh, hit me up on flesh and blood again. I want to know your thoughts on that. And anyone who's been collecting the Fortnite stickers, I definitely love it. If you hit me up because I need questions answered for series two. So anyways, but again, Thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take it easy.